Hello and welcome to Monocle on Culture with me, Robert Bound. On today's programme, we are welcoming back the physical and accentuating the material as we dip our toes into three different art world happenings in real life, praise be. We'll be in Hong Kong visiting the well-regarded Gallery Exit, who primed a top-class show to coincide with the physical reopening of Art Basel in the city. And we'll be in New York to speak to the artist Adam Pendleton, whose new show is also happening in Hong Kong, but was very much made in Brooklyn. But we're going to start in London, where the city's first ever gallery weekend is due to run from the 4th to the 6th of June, comprising a whopping 137 galleries from the Blue Chip to the Broom Cupboard across central South and East London. Normally, healthily competitive commercial galleries have become quick collaborators to help stage the event at which galleries will open late, host discussions, events and, as you'd expect, put on some wonderful shows of established and emerging artists. Two of the leading lights behind London Gallery Weekend are Joe Stella Savica of Goodman Gallery and Jeremy Epstein of Edel Asante Gallery. And here they are to tell us about an exciting weekend in prospect. Joe and Jeremy, thank you so much for your time uh, today. And I'm super excited about London Gallery Weekend. It seems like exactly... Like it feels like a meteorite has hit London and the art scene and all the rest of it. And this is the green shoot that grows from the crater. Um, maybe, uh, maybe, maybe you can tell me whether there's a big overarching plan for London Gallery Weekend or if it's just sort of a series of happy accidents. How, how, how is the, how's the plan behind it? Oof. Um, I think, well, the, the starting point is probably that it's happening. But, but I, I mean, if for those uh, listeners who are aware of other gallery weekend initiatives, it's this incredible that they tend to be these incredible moments of like celebration of a local community of galleries um, that are often geared mainly towards an international audience and attracting that audience into the into their spaces to see exhibitions and sort of understand the geography of that community. Um, in our case, obviously that will be a long-term goal, but in the first year, it's actually become this really beautiful um, local celebration where we're thinking very much about, you know, what the local London audience is, how it could be expanded, what more we could be doing to engage the public in London and in the UK to, to you know, sort of communicate the fact that we exist as a community we're actually a much bigger community than even a lot of like joe and i probably realized um once the announcement went out you know there's uh, over 130 galleries involved now and um they're all free to the public and they're all programmed all year round with amazing exhibitions so first and foremost this is about us essentially reacquainting ourselves with the public and encouraging everybody to feel adventurous and go out and explore London and its different geographies and the free exhibitions that take place in those different places because I think there's always been the sense that sort of commercial galleries are sort of the white cube that's slightly off-putting and that actually there are museum quality exhibitions that need an audience and um, the reason why artists do shows is because they want an audience so we really want to encourage people to come in and be curious and just and actually have a kind of discovery within your own city but the key facts we haven't mentioned is this is happening very soon it's the 4th to the 6th of June um, so taking place over weekend Friday to Sunday you can explore different geographies so starting in central London on Friday um, from Soho to Fitzrovia, Mayfair, 
it's a really walkable kind of program. Saturday takes you to South London and Sunday takes you to East London and the discovery of very different kinds of galleries and different kinds of organisations, which could be grassroots in really amazing, interesting spaces through to the sort of top end galleries in Mayfair that feel more like a kind of museum experience. But the kind of, I think, you know, the gallery going public are aware of the differences in, in those kinds of um, different types of businesses, but I don't know if the public is, and I think it's really exciting to sort of go on a mini adventure and um, see an amazing range of shows from super emerging artists to major established names. Yeah, and, and you guys um, at Goodman and at Edla Santi have obviously got, you're, you're putting on great shows at your respective galleries. You must have discovered a lot of new people and a lot of new galleries that you hardly knew. I mean, looking, I live in South London. I'm going to kind of be trekking out on that Saturday. There's loads of places there that I'd never heard of and that really look like small, interesting places. You must have had a similar sort of voyage of discovery in putting this thing together. No, absolutely. I mean, it's, I think, you know, there was an initial community that um, was uh, quite, I guess, like mutually aware, which, which existed during the pandemic in dialogue on a WhatsApp group that Sadie Coles initiated, um, which I think accounts for about 80 members of or participants in Gallery Weekend. And, after, and that community was sort of un, almost unanimous in wanting this to happen. And um, after the initial announcement, we received a massive wave of inquiries from other galleries um, all across the city. And some of them are, you know, fairly young spaces um, and others are in corners that you might not have organically found yourself in unless you are like living in that area. And so for us, yeah, it's been even like within our group that those of us who are organizing it, it's been a learning experience, um, which has been really enjoyable. It's also, I mean, it's amazing for me in my previous life, I ran Freeze London and I, you know, would screen galleries on a regular basis to see that London is actually still generating new energy even in this time, there are new galleries opening and you think that's extraordinary. So I think that's a really positive aspect about this, that we can see the next generation coming through. In your mind's eye, how do you, how do you see people doing this? I have kind of thought of it indelicately as a grand art pub crawl. <laughs> that's not something that, exactly <laughs> that's not necessarily the language <laughs> of the press release or of the gallery. But how do you imagine people kind of interacting with London Gallery Weekends? <laughs> Because it seems to me like this is this is could potentially be exactly that a kind of grand marauding across the city uh, to look at all these various galleries. Yeah, I mean, I think the first thing to say is there's way too many galleries for any one person to do it, and I probably we could challenge one person to see if they could do it, but I doubt it's possible. <laughs> so I think the, the 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 answer really is to use it as a huge opportunity to do something different. You know, like if when I go around the galleries, I always do the same, but maybe what I'll do is I'll pick off the 10 that I don't know and use it as an opportunity to like force myself out of my habit to go and see new galleries that I don't know. I think that's exactly it. Like that's, that, that's the experience I think you, we all will have when we, we, you can currently see a list um, of participants on our website, but I believe as of tonight, you'll be able to see an interactive map and that map will enable you to plan your pub crawl uh, <laughs> um, in, 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 in a personalized way. So you'll basically be able to go through the list and, and, and just favorite your galleries and plan a route between them and even you know see the best mode of transport between them but the basic uh, principle being that you will be able to see london's gallery geography on a you know an interactive map for the first time and understand you know where these centers are within central uh, east and south in the commercial art world it is 
I mean, you, you're normally, you know, a healthily competitive environment. Now you guys are collaborating and with lots of other galleries, some of which you know, some of which are big, big, big boys and girls, some of which are smaller, smaller fish. How's that been? Um, sort of all collaborating. I, I've heard about this Sadie Coles's WhatsApp group that was the sort of genesis of some of this stuff. Uh, how's that been? Sort of making new friends and nosing around people's working practices how's that been it's been amazing that that, that i mean that <laughs> aspect of it has been um definitely at least for me personally it's been the most eye-opening bit of it because i like i genuinely always thought that london like there is an amazing community of galleries and it is very much community most of us have our social lives you know within the art world predominantly um but i i do i have always felt like there was something a little bit lacking in terms of actually us being able to speak in one voice and um people talked about that a lot at the time of brexit saying how can you know is there a way london galleries can band together and make this a win for our sector um and a few things happened during the pandemic that genuinely started to feel like you know we're a verifiable community and, and the collaboration in just our little group which is about 24 for people I think that are working on gallery weekend across many different areas mm. is one of the most like joyful experiences I've had in the art world and, and educational because the wealth of experience that is there is um, uh, really like has just exceeded all expectations mm. I think I mean I think that's absolutely right there's it's been such an amazing experience working with colleagues from galleries big and small and everybody's brought such energy to it it's been one of the sort of few rays of hope, I think, that sort of like kept us, kept us going is that actually really great collegiate spirit. Because we're, of course, we're all invested in London. We want London to be a successful city for doing business in going forward, but also a sort of vibrant environment. And um, for those of us who've been sitting in their gallery throughout lockdown, you know, to see people coming through the gallery is really important. It's what yeah. we do, it's why we do it. And um, and I think we all share that spirit. Um, so it's been it has been amazing, and I think it does sort of potentially mark a new tone for going forward. As Jeremy said, you know, there hasn't really been a kind of unified gallery voice, and I think we're doing something that has such buy-in from everybody. Everybody's really comfortable with it and wants it to succeed. That it's going to, I think, maybe it's going to foster other things going forward as well. That was Joe Stella Savica and Jeremy Epstein talking about London Gallery Weekend, which takes place over the first weekend of June. Head to londongalleryweekend.art to plan your route. Adam Pendleton is an American artist known for exploring and expanding the concept of abstraction, especially as it relates to blackness. His latest show, a collaboration with Ghanaian-British architect David Ajay, explores ideas of language, identity and monumentality, and it opened last week at Pace Gallery in Hong Kong. And later this year, he'll be showing a brand new commission at MoMA in New York, where he is based. We sent Monocle's Henry Rees Sheridan to Adam's studio in Brooklyn to talk about art and architecture and why the gallery is an important social space. show consists of uh, paintings that I've been working on for about two years now that are shown alongside three sculptures by David. David being David Ajay? Correct, the architect uh, David Ajay who I have known for a number of years now 
and we've worked on different projects as in proposals for projects but this will be the first time a project has come to fruition and our work has been shown alongside each other's. Tell me a little bit more about your relationship with David. How did it begin uh, and how has it progressed so far, both along the personal and professional dimensions? I had long been aware of his work by virtue of living in Fort Greene, a neighborhood in Brooklyn, where actually his first building in America is. It's a purpose-built building that he designed for the artist Lorna Simpson. And I would always walk by this building and I would have a strong compulsion to touch it. I wanted to feel the building. I wanted my hands to feel it. I wanted to see how my body would relate to not only what it looked like, or but also how it felt. And that was such a strange sensation because that's not what architecture typically does, at least not to me. I don't typically want to touch it in the same way that I might want to touch a piece of art or even food. You know, I think the, the way in which we relate to architectural spaces is sometimes it can lack a kind of intimacy, but that's exactly what David is able to brilliantly conceive of is a kind of intimate relationship that you as a person has in relationship to the architecture. And so I had the opportunity, I believe it was in 2016, to show my work in the first museum that David had done in North America, and that was at the Museum of Contemporary Art in Denver, where I had a solo show. And that's about as intimate as it gets to hang your work on someone's architecture. I would say that that was the real beginning of our relationship in a real kind of conversation, even if we weren't actually in dialogue at that time. Now, what's the difference between hanging your art on someone's architecture and actually actively collaborating with an architect in an exhibition, to your mind? Well, David is uh, such a great collaborator and as an artist I collaborate with all kinds of people. I'm working on a show right now that will open in the fall at the Museum of Modern Art and I'm working with set designers and lighting designers and engineers and also another wonderful architect by the name of Fred Tang and I love collaborators who engage when necessary and no, and disengage when necessary. So in other words, people who know how to create enough space around the ideas that are being worked on so that we can each bring our best selves, our best ideas. And David is very adept at doing that. And he also understands what it means to work with an artist because I feel as though he approaches his work in a similar way that an artist would or does. You yourself are American, David is Ghanaian British, and the show that you're exhibiting is going to be on display in, in Hong Kong. Are you aware of the, uh, of the kind of significance of cultural or national boundaries when you're working? Are you aware of their potential impact on the reception of your work? in terms of, you know, exhibitions take place in specific geographical contexts? Mm -hmm. 
I think that's that's um, very interesting to think about, right? Where I'm coming from, where David is coming from, and and then also projecting these ideas as specific or unspecific as they might be to Asia. And I think it's actually really kind of interesting to have all of these things conflate and kind of collapse. And it was actually a conscious decision that the show would take place in Asia uh, because I think it, it there are maybe less, less fixed ideas around what I do or what David does in a place that I, for one, have not shown my work as much as I have, say, in North America or Europe. And I think the ideas that David and I are exploring are timeless and they're universal. Uh, I think we're both concerned with abstraction and the right to, the will to exist in and through abstraction. And in terms of your relationship and David's relationship with abstraction uh, more generally, uh, when did you become interested in thinking in those terms, uh, and and why? I'm particularly interested in an expanded idea or notion of blackness as a concept, as an idea that actually has nothing necessarily to do with identity, but really as a kind of conceptual or theoretical position. And I like looking at that concept, this concept of blackness in relationship to abstraction, but also in relationship to the avant-garde. And this is to say that I'm interested in creating not only new geometries of attention, but also new geometries of intention. So what is the intention behind the gestures one makes as a human being, as a citizen, but also as an artist? What am I hoping to contribute? What am I hoping to achieve? And I think that existing in and through, in abstracted space is at is actually an ethical position because we should all be unmarked. We should all be free to be in flux, to be at any given moment what we want to be. Do you think that uh, that idea is at odds with the concept of identity which is, is most in vogue in political discourse at the moment, which tends to, in my opinion anyway, uh, shine the spotlight on the, on the specific identities of individuals? Well, I don't think that any all of our identities are wholly unique. Uh, we must be wild, <laughs> which is to say we must always be uniquely ourselves. And I think that that is actually exists alongside quite well with a lot of the thinking behind identity in relationship to politics. I think people are advocating to be allowed to be who they are and not to be viewed in any kind of a limited or restricted way. I know that you can't say too much about the upcoming MoMA show, but it would be good to know what you can say, if you could say it, and uh, also maybe uh, hear how you're thinking about how, uh, how these two you know, big shows relate to each other in your mind, in your career, in your work.
Well, I think one thing that relates them is an interest in architecture, uh, an interest in kind of transforming the space within the space the work is shown in through the work itself. And so when viewers do enter the atrium space at the museum at MoMA, they will experience, I believe, one of the largest artworks that the museum has ever shown. And it will be a unique way in which my paintings and drawings are displayed and how they interact and transform the space completely. So it's very much so a total work of art. I think one of the great things that art does is it not only can create the an ethical space or ideas around ethical modes and methods of being, it also creates social spaces or can create social spaces. And so I think gathering, gathering around ideas, gathering around art is incredibly important. And I think that's something we have learned, hopefully, over the past year, that we need to be together and we need to be purposeful when we are together. That was Adam Pendleton talking to Henry Reese Sheridan. Pendleton's show, in collaboration with Sir David Adjay, runs until the 30th of June at Pace Gallery in the H. Queen's Building in Hong Kong. We stay in Hong Kong now to visit Gallery Exit, one of the island's leading independent galleries, representing emerging artists such as Chris Huynh and Stephen Wong. Our Hong Kong bureau chief, James Chambers, met gallery head Hilda Chan at the live and in situ Art Basel Hong Kong to talk about the local art scene and the spectre of the new national security law. He started by asking how important the International Art Fair is to local galleries, even when the borders are closed. We didn't know until perhaps the... I mean, uh, the beginning of the year if the fair is actually taking place in May and then it, uh, usually... Uh, it. It happens in March, but then um, it got postponed to May, and then it finally happened. And then I also see that there are a lot of galleries and other arts events going on in Hong Kong because usually it is uh, how um, you know uh, organizations and in institutions and galleries plan the calendar according to the uh, Art Basel schedule. So I would say that having Art Basel is important to to be able to gather everyone at the same place, and also if say. You know, next year when things kind of eventually be becomes normal, when the visitors can come in, you know, March or May, then uh, they will be able to see, you know, a, a lot of different things happening. And then it will be a good opportunity for uh, Hong Kong artists as well and for us because we focus on uh, Hong Kong artists. So, yeah, I we feel that Art Basel, uh, that's why we participate every year because even though for this year... Um, not a lot of uh, international uh, people can come, but it's still a good exposure for our artists. There's been a lot of focus this year on how the national security law will have an impact on arts and culture. When you were planning your new exhibition and, and planning what pieces to show at your booth at Art Basel, I mean, did that come up in conversation? Does it have an effect on what you guys do? No artist really raised a concern because I, I feel that they know that um, 
you know, the way how the art fair is, the, or the kind of audiences, or be, because it, it, be, it is actually pretty public. So I think the artwork, I would say, is they didn't really, you know, limit themselves because of, you know, of art art. So, but I, I mean, in the gallery, we have more flexibility because um, first it is, I would say more private. I mean, we still promote a show. I think one of the artists we are showing right now, I think um, the topic is about, you know, protests and, you know, he, he, he's using different reference sources, uh, you know, trying to comment on uh, totalitarian state or communism. But I think he is trying to do it a more subtle way. So he, he's not really, you know, focusing on just one country or it could be, you know, uh, you know a, universal, a universal thing. So. But it, uh, I think when, when the issue kind of started developing and the law kind of enforced, I think, I think some artists, they were concerned about uh, what they can show or what they cannot. But I, think, I mean that we don't really want to limit, limit them or the way we, when we are doing our promotion, we can, you know, try to, you know, phrase it or, you know, put it in, 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 in another way. So, I mean, I would say that we need to be more careful, but then at the same time, I think uh, I don't want to discourage people to to be creative. So I think it's still very important to be able to do what the artists want to do and to support them. And finally, we're sat at the convention centre in Wan Chai, uh, looking out across uh, Victoria Harbour, and in the distance we can see the new M Plus gallery which uh, is due to open uh, at the end of the year. Um, and I guess it's promising to put, uh, I guess, Hong Kong on, on the map a bit uh, as a, a kind of contempor- a leading contemporary art gallery in Asia. I mean, how, how exciting and how excited are you about uh, that museum? I think um, the, the planning of M Plus has been a, a, a pretty long time. So it, it has been over a decade. And then uh, we have been, you know, t- um, um, kind of talking with the curators and I think we they are trying to do some really exciting things so I think after Amplus being open I think I'm, I'm excited to see how it will kind of push the art scene so because I mean since uh, the development and the building of Amplus I think already uh, there are I think a lot more conversation going on and then the types of artwork has been done they see that there's a potential you know that you can actually go to a kind of go towards the international uh, gallery um, and then and then also they have raised the standard of uh, you know presentations of artworks and and uh, you know how an exhibition being put up so I think it will be um, a really positive uh, force and then yeah it will be a nice addition to the art scene to have like another international museum being here That was Hilda Chan of Gallery Exit in Hong Kong, bringing us to the end of today's episode. We hope we've inspired you to get out and about this week and experience some art for your very self. Monocle on Culture is produced by Holly Fisher and thanks to James Chambers and Henry Reese Sheridan too. I'll be back at the same time next week when I'll be speaking to the legend that is Sir Tom Jones. But until then, from me, Robert Bounds, thank you very much for tuning in. (laughs) Thank <laughs> you.